that we, that's why I told you guys about laugh group, about LOL. What is it again? <laughs> that we must love ourselves in order to truly understand how, who we are and whose we are and the power that we have. But we're very powerful people. And if we knew that, and we loved ourselves, and really organized ourselves. How, wait, how do you start a movement? What's the first one you need? You need a what? Plan. What's the second thing you need? What's the third thing you need? What's the fourth thing? Organize. And then we can change the world. Y'all believe in young people? Yes. Uh, pressing record. All right, you guys. So we have my girl, Shanice Bird. And I'm going to let her introduce herself because... You know how revolutionary people are. Like, you never know what you can say and can't say out loud. So, I'm going to just go ahead and let her do her thing. And, um, yeah. So, go ahead and introduce yourself to the beautiful people. <laughs> revolutionary people. <laughs> you know, you know the revolutionary types. Well, like she said, my name is Shanice Bird. I really don't know how to do these intros because I like to keep I hate it. when people say introduce yourself. It's <laughs> like, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, because I don't like to come off like I'm bragging, you know, I like to be mm-hmm. like my brother Kung Fu Kenny and be humble. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm many things. Uh-huh. I'm an educator, an yeah. activist, yeah. community organizer, a womanist. Um, yeah, a lot of things. Black girl magic, the uh, prodigy of, now nah, let me not say that. Um, <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Of certain social political parties. Uh huh. Um, certain. See, that's what I mean. These revolutionaries. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's. The and y'all have to remember, we're like the millennial. <laughs> we're still millennial babies at the same time. So our our revolutionary ness <laughs> must be protected in different ways. So you know. Yeah, I mean. It's going back to like, I was watching an interview with Jill Scott uh-huh. and she was just saying like, everything shouldn't be, you shouldn't speak on it mm-hmm. until it's time. So it's not yeah. like I'm secretive about things. It's just like, it's all about timing. Yeah. Everything has its moment. Mm-hmm. So, and well, just to give y'all some background. So I um, also work in education, but not directly as a teacher or anything, as as an educator. Um, but Shanice and I worked together. And she was definitely one of those people that you can always go to talk to when you need somebody at work when shit gets real. And you're <laughs> like, okay, these, these mm, around here. And, mm, and so, mm, and, and, and ooh, man. So, yeah. So that, <laughs> that was our connection in the beginning, just like having somebody that keeps it honest, keeps it real. And so we have all kinds of different things we're going to talk about. The good thing with today's episode is that because she is so honest, we're just going to like enjoy clicking through the internet and talking about stuff that's going on right now. And the other reason I'm doing that is because I have a horrible memory and I can never remember names of stuff. So that's why, um, you know, one of the ways that I describe the podcast for millennials who like we know what's going on. But we don't know all of what's going on, and we don't have it all together, but right. we we're passionate. Hashtag. Yeah. Yeah, we see a hashtag and think we know the whole news Yeah, story. exactly. <laughs> so to make sure that I am 
am speaking on things as accurately as I can. I'm also clicking through the internet because I'm cheating. So I'm just <laughs> letting y'all know that now. No, that's smart. You know, I'm just letting <laughs> y'all know. And I mean, I have made this I, I really cannot stand when I'm on social media. People get like two or three facts. And because mm-hmm. they're trying to be so woke and spreading knowledge. And they, right. they you know... Basically spreading false information. So. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> want to be one of those people. So fact-checking. Yes, and I made the disclaimer. Like, I do not... I don't even try, honestly, to know everything that's going on anymore. I sometimes even almost avoid everything that's going on because sometimes my brain and my psyche and my spiritual self needs a needs a break. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to cut it off because there's so many things going on. There's updates. There's... You know, alerts and you, you. When one thing seems to be done, there's another story about some other foolishness going mm-hmm. on. So sometimes it just gets exhausting to keep up. But it all, I just want to be a kid again and like watch cartoons and mm-hmm. have s'mores and, and chill. <laughs> or in my twenty whatever year I'm in, twenty eighth year, have some wine and um, yeah, no, still s'mores. <laughs> yeah, still s'mores and just chill. So um, what I do want to talk about first, we're going to go ahead and jump into some recent news because we haven't had any episodes yet where we really talked about recent news. We've talked mm-hmm. about issues and more um, personal, individual, like goals, self-development, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we'll get into that too. Um, but I want to know, what do you think about this situation with Kanika Jenkins, um, the 19-year-old girl who was found in the freezer? Like, what's, what does that mean? Does that mean we have as a society pretty much decided that human life is just not worth anything <laughs> like what what do you think is some underlying issues because everybody has you know we've read the stories and everything of mm-hmm. like what happened and it's just kind of ridiculous so mm-hmm. i don't know what's your take on this uh getting back to your original question you said does human life mean anything anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to dig deeper. Go ahead. The question is, does black life mean anything anymore? Has mm-hmm. it ever mean anything? Mm-hmm. Um, like this morning I was reading the news about these cops getting off in St. Louis and the officers involved with Freddie Gray getting off. And yeah. I'm really like, are y'all blasting this stuff out so much to the point where we get desensitized, mm-hmm. where nobody blinks anymore mm-hmm. um, when it comes to these type of stories? So I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't dug completely deep into this. I looked at it a little bit the other day. But usually when things are blasted out on Facebook or social media, I'm like, all right, let, let me give it a moment because this seems like this is a trend mm-hmm. that's hot right now. And I went the real news and went the right. real story. But uh, it's unfortunate. And it's just trying to figure out, like, what happened to this little girl? Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened? She was partying with friends in a hotel room. Yeah, it drunk. says that... Found dead in a freezer over the weekend. Body discovered Sunday morning. She had gone to the Crown Plaza Hotel Friday night for a party yeah. on the ninth floor. Videos released by police said she appears stumbling. Um, did provide other video where she does not appear. Mm-hmm. And she, it says, walks into a freezer. freezer. 
So it's not that they put her in there. It says that she walks yeah. into the freezer. And locks herself in there. That's what... <laughs> I couldn't wrap my head around it. Now, I remember reading an article that said the staff um, members claimed there was no way that she could lock herself in that freezer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm like, a lot of things just aren't adding up. I mean, I've been drunk out of my mind, too, and I've done some questionable things, but leaving my friends. Like, everybody who I'm with, I've never done that. I've never wandered off. And even if I have, the people who I with cared enough about me to find me, whether I was 10 feet away, and they're like, nah, we can't let her out our sight. So, it's just a lot of things that aren't adding up in this story. Yeah, I'm not understanding this. And says, lawyer says video released to Kanika, Jean's fam- Kanika Jenkins' family does not show her walking into a hotel freezer. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what actually happened? And I guess, you know... That is probably like step one, and I maybe they're not telling us everything. Um, I mean, hell, at this point, I don't even know if they're telling the the family everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just can't imagine. Like, there's stories of you know, you get drunk at a party and you like go in a field and something happens, or mm-hmm. like you pass out and no one realizes. Like you're, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, you drown in your vomit. Like something that you you've heard. Like to say that this happened and it's like. Mm, Okay. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. But any 19-year-olds out there, like, you are of sound mind enough. Mm -hmm. You're not nine. You're 19. Or with other 20, 20 20-year-olds or whatever. Someone should have been looking for her. Yeah. And one thing that I would say, I haven't read comments. I tend to not do that. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't read comments or tweets, but I would say this, like, people need to realize at the end of the day, that girl is dead and gone. Somebody lost their child. Right. She's a victim. So I would hate for people to like, oh, she shouldn't have been drunk or she should have been doing this. She should have been wearing that. And I feel like that often comes up, especially when it comes to black women or black young women in general. Mm -hmm. That people always find a way. Right. To place the blame on us. Yeah. Oh, Should you got assaulted like because of look what you had on. Or you got assaulted because look how she's shaped. And she's only this eight. And like, I feel like, especially when it comes to black females, people always find a way to place the blame on us. And I just mm-hmm. want us to realize, no matter if the girl was drunk or not, no matter what, whatever the hell she was wearing, the girl was a victim and somebody lost their child. Right. I don't know. It's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, very frustrating. Amanda Seals. (laughs) Yes. Amanda Seals right now has actually been, like, she is the hot topic in black girl voice right now. I think she just is hilarious. I was listening to something that she she had posted last night. I think it was last night she posted it. And she was talking about um, how some white gentleman on Twitter said something about, like, being able to say N-word because now white people were the new N-words as if they were claiming that racism is happening to them now. Like, and so she, she, without going ham, she went ham and she was just like hilarious about it. But she's basically like, really? So now y'all can take racism too? Like y'all. And I, I think like her, 
her way of voicing what so many people are thinking using comedy sometimes but she's serious like mm-hmm. she's very has she definitely has conviction yeah and what she is saying and yeah. how she says it and i think the how she says it is what attracts younger people to what she is saying mm-hmm. you know what i mean but um yeah she was basically so what do you think of that like the idea that now because so much light is being shed as if it weren't before i don't know where people get that from like this is brand new or something but so much so much light in the media and Mm. in even like music videos like you have beyonce with the little boy you know in the black um lives matter movement and um Mm. you got jay-z with 444 and Mm. you know um you've got big names i mean kendrick has always been um very honest about yeah about you know (laughs) oppression but it's like it's such a conversation piece now and i think that some white individuals cannot handle the truth and it's like you can read a history book and read the truth we're not saying anything they're not not the truth not the truth that's what i mean i'm just (laughs) i don't understand it like how can you claim that you are now being oppressed do you not even understand the the definition of oppression like i don't know what do you think because i can go on about this he said that white people are like 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 basically yeah i don't have the quote i'm gonna see if i can find it I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his mind. I don't know. I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna see if I can find it. But yeah, like, what? What and why and how? Because the whole idea that an entire and I just don't understand why certain individuals feel like because you are speaking on a truth or because you are simply sharing a bit, a bit of your experience, that means you're now attacking them as an individual. Right. And so I read an article. Um, it was a 2015 article. I think mm-hmm. it was in the, not the Washington Post, Huffington. Mm-hmm. And basically the author was saying that, you know, black people, for the most part, we think in terms of we. Mm-hmm. We, us. Because an experience that a black person might have mm-hmm. on another part of the globe. Whereas people who don't have to deal with the day-to-day um, racism mm-hmm. don't have to think in terms of we. Mm-hmm. It is a privilege to be yeah. able to think in terms of I. Mm-hmm. And... I was that that was very interesting to me because I'm like, okay, that explains a lot in terms of just our thinking. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Cause now like now I have a way of responding. Yeah. So you're saying like these individuals, particularly white people who make these comments, is feeling like they're the new niggas and they're being attacked constantly mm-hmm. when people like it's right when, here. Yeah, when black people bring up racism. Um, I had an experience like that my first year at our school. Yeah. Um I wrote a piece called Five Representations of a Black Man. Mm-hmm. And it basically it mentioned like the thug, um, the king, I, man, how I forget 
what I actually wrote. <laughs> what were the actual images? It was that deep. It was that deep. <laughs> I was like, dang. I forgot um, all the... Fo- oh, yeah. The King, the Martyr, uh, the Thug. I forget the other two. But anyway, basically, there's a part in the poem that says, you know... We aren't who you make us out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you may watch a few segments on Fox News, don't think mm-hmm. you have us all figured out because uh, I know I say we're more than athletes or performers who sing rhythm and blues mm-hmm. and uh, Caucasian mm-hmm. <laughs> co worker mm-hmm. was offended by that poem mm-hmm. and told our Simpson principal that she was offended. And they thought that, you know, like, not that I should be reprimanded, but basically I should have a conversation with my um, assistant principal about them being offended. And I was offended because I'm like, that poem, it wasn't about you. Right. It wasn't even about about white people. It wasn't about attacking anyone. It was about uplifting our black men Mm -hmm. and saying that we're not thugs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it was a warrior. We're warriors. We're kings. We're martyrs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're educators. We're protectors. That's who we are. Yeah. But this society has painted this picture of us being thugs, and they keep perpetuating that image of us mm-hmm. to the point where a lot of black boys want to live up to that image because that's the only image that they see. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like, I wrote that piece because of a student. Mm-hmm. Um, he inspired me to write that piece because I saw how, like, he all he knew was a street life. Mm-hmm. He wanted better, but all he knew was he what he could see. Yeah. yeah, and that inspired me to write that piece. And then I have five of my male students recite that in an assembly. So I'm like, the fact that you made that about you, but I've learned like I'm grown. <laughs> I, I have because now when like uh, if an incident like that would happen again, I'll shrug it off because I'm like I allowed you. To pull myself <laughs> out of the purpose of why I wrote that piece. And it wasn't about you. It wasn't even about me. It was about our black men. It was about our black boys. So I feel like, what, what's that saying? If you hit a broke dog, he'll holler. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if you was offended in that poem, particularly by that part, then that might be speaking truth to you. To you. And right. you don't like that. Right. You don't like, and that's a part of white privilege. Right, they're not used to people calling them out. Can I curse? <laughs> yes, you can curse. <laughs> you know, you might be having the deaconess board and somebody listening to this. So They'll be okay. <laughs> they lived a long enough time to know that sometimes people curse. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know how to right. censor myself sometimes. <laughs> no, they're just not used to us calling them out on their own shit. Wait. But okay, so what we are referencing is this um, repost by Amanda Seals. And so this is something that she shared from someone else's comment on Twitter. So the black gentleman is responding to someone that um, is responding to a statement that was made by a white man. The white man made this statement. The single greatest act of racism in American history was the election of Barack Obama. People voted for him simply because he was black. The black guy's comment was, the new cultural appropriation of racism spins my head around and defies any logic. But yeah, so basically that's what he was saying. 
I look at it like this. I think that some people find a way to argue this point, this specific point, saying that, you know, um, Barack Obama was only voted because he was black as mm-hmm. a way to say that, see, y'all can be racist too. Mm-hmm. And first of all, and I'm just, I'm going to say this as the first of all, but there's a whole bunch of first of alls I can choose from. But first of all, nobody being racist is a good thing. So it's not like me being racist and you being racist. It's supposed to change the world and make it a better place. So let's just start there. Like that is not the response to you being racist is not, well, you can be racist too. Like we're not supposed to, you're missing a point. Okay. You're missing a point. And then the second thing that I, that I look at that and I say, but who is trying to appropriate mm-hmm. racism? Yeah. Let alone black people. Right. I just. <laughs> Where is the logic? And I'm with him on that. Uh, it defies any logic. Makes no sense. Right. So the organization that I work for is a partner of the Industrial Areas Foundation. Okay. So they teach you what political mean is like. The act of negotiating and finding a compromise. It's not about proving who's right or wrong. Uh-huh. So in these cases, I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you're racist. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care how you feel about me. It's how you act on it. Yeah. You know, and it's how you use your racism. Now, if you're using your race- racism to create a system to oppress me, now I have a problem mm-hmm. with it. But it's like, and or support yeah, the system then, that oppresses right. me. And it's not about like, oh, like I said, the whole tit for tat thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm racist, you're racist. Right, that still like that ain't is, solving shit. Right, so it's it just like, solve anything. I've been like, let's Why not get caught even... up. Don't get caught up in the hype. That's no. the wrong. Like, don't put your energy into that argument. Please don't. Like, <laughs> like, and this is a disclaimer for anyone listening too. If if, if you do encounter someone who is clearly illogical mm. clearly in their i don't know, feelings you know i would honestly say not to fall for that trap to me yeah. it's a trap it is a it's trap. a way to get you to one be angry or right. you know and and to get you away from the focus of the fact that these systems exist right. and still exist it is not about your feelings it is not about like, you know, what emblems you're driving right. around with on your car. Right. It is about the systems that still exist that we have done nothing right. or little about. And without allies in the work that black people and people mm-hmm. of color are doing, mm-hmm. the system will not change. It right. is not about right. your personal feelings. It is simply the fact that this is, it's just facts. Yeah. And like you said, it is it is a trap. Because, but it's been like that since the beginning of time. Like, people want to believe that the Civil War was about slavery, mm-hmm. being morally right or wrong, and it wasn't right. at all. But like Abraham Lincoln, give a damn about whether slavery was morally wrong. He literally right. said, if he could keep slavery while keeping the union intact then like he would he right. but he knew that that wasn't going to happen so it's been smoking mirrors like they want you to continue to believe that it's about black against white when really it's about the mighty green it's mm-hmm. about that that's where the power lies is money yeah and when people realize that like the powers that be they ain't they don't even- <laughs> They don't even consider themselves white. 
Who? The powers that be. What they consider themselves as? Supreme. Oh, y'all heard that. <laughs> Supremacy. Supreme. Yeah. When Mr. Um, Lloyd Dennis, who was in episode three, mm-hmm. um, he, one of the kids who was in the forum was talking about, well, they were asking the question of, you know, why are black people treated differently or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or something to that fact. Why are people, oh, why are black people teased mm-hmm. for the color of their skin? Mm-hmm. More the kid question. Oh, yeah. Um, and the way that he kind of used the moment to kind of educate yeah. um, them was to say that race did not exist. Yep. And it did not exist until it was needed mm-hmm. as a way to oppress. Exactly. Um, do you think that we use it and this is my question as black individuals and most mm-hmm. people of color and most any people who have pretty much been oppressed in order to like psych- psychologically and spiritually deal just cope with what you're living in we sometimes and and this is my opinion we sometimes strengthen ourselves based on the things that oppress us because we know that they're not going to change anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So if someone is being racist towards you, the, the response to that is to be stronger, be better, be bolder, be wiser, work twice as hard, succeed, do your thing. Do you think in a way that keeps us from actually acting on changing the system? Not just coping, but mm-hmm. actually doing something about yeah. it. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, for example, and this is no disrespect. Yeah. Um, anytime we have one of our brothers or sisters who's slain um, by cops, what's the first thing we do? Or what are some of the things we do? Mm-hmm. We protest. Get together, protest, walk, yeah, pray. We, we walk, we pray, we hashtag. Mm-hmm. Then what? Right, right. Where's the organizing? Yeah. You know, like, what are we doing? Even like, okay, the Charlottesville incident, you had people who packed out that city council meeting. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know what they're doing now, but I just use that as an example. So it's like, what's next? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't protest, don't march, but I, I think people look at the civil rights movement and they see these snapshots. Yeah. And they see, you know, Reverend... Um, Martin Luther King out there on the front lines marching, but it was more than just that. Right. Like, he organized. People. And let's not discount <laughs> that there were multiple yeah. organizers. Right. Organizing. And what people need to realize dates, times, places, events, right. Not we, just talking. What people need to realize the powers that be, they have two things mm-hmm. that's organized people and organized money. Woo. Says a lot. And until. <laughs> says a lot. You counteract that mm-hmm. with organized money mm-hmm. and organized people, you're not going to win. Yeah. So I feel like, no, don't put energy, don't even acknowledge the racism mm-hmm. and be angry about it or say, and that whole, I have to be stronger, I have to work mm-hmm. twice as hard. Why? When mm-hmm. you got millions of brothers and sisters who can hold... Who can help you carry that weight? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to take it on by yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Martin Luther King didn't carry the movement by himself. Malcolm X didn't carry the movement by himself. Huey Newton did not carry the movement by himself. Mm -hmm. And there's so many others. Harriet, like we love to like refer to her Mm -hmm. as emancipating all these slaves, but she didn't do that by herself. Right. You know, so I just think people like one Mm -hmm. (laughs) is about organized money Mm -hmm. and organized people. Okay, you may not have the money, but goddamn it, you got the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just a matter, and all of y'all are angry. So all of y'all have a common self interest. Right. Start organizing each other, and then the money will eventually come. Right. But that's what we need to put energy into, not as individuals. Right. I have to work twice as hard, or mm-hmm. I need this, I need that. I need to get it while I can. Like, no, like, I don't think like that anymore. I used to, but how can we not? That's the society we live in. And Is that why you went into organizing? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm Because you can be more effective. I feel like when you take it on by yourself, you develop that martyr complex. Mm -hmm. And I started to do that in the classroom. Like, I was putting in so much time. (laughs) yeah like showing up an hour before school started staying hours after school ended going home taking home work probably getting about four hours of sleep just to do it all again you know what i'm saying just (laughs) right just to do it again and not even get close to where i need to be and my kids still aren't getting all what they need Mm -hmm. and i'm like Oh, I can't do this shit by myself. There's a lot more that goes into it. Like, I was literally giving my all and then some. Yeah. And they still weren't getting enough. So that's what made me get get myself a reality check. I'm like, okay, I can't do this by myself. Mm -hmm. I can't really change things in this classroom because I was trying to like put people on game. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for working with me, like, well. It was a difference. At that school, like I said, I've grown. I was just mad as hell. Yeah. And I wanted everybody to be mad as hell with me. Yeah. You know? And I felt like if I could get enough people to be mad and state that they were mad, mm-hmm. that would change something. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not what it's about. It's not yeah. about just finding people and pissing them off or seeing if they're mad and feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, ain't about replacing one bully with another one. Mm-hmm. I really thought... That was the way you changed things. I was like, I am going to make you change. Yeah, I was like, you know, oh, yeah. you really want to F with me and my people? All right, yeah. well, I'm going to get them riled up and we yeah. going to come. <laughs> we going to come for your neck, you know? So what is it, what does, like, where are you right now in the organizing? Or, like, what what are your goals? Uh, My goals right now is few things bridging a gap uh-huh with my particular organization it's predominantly faith-based institutions uh-huh but it's a lot no shade i got mad love <laughs> yeah but it's like a lot of older folks yeah and you know and i mentioned that a few times i was like is it's a lot of senior well not seasoned <laughs> folks seasoned yes seasoned <laughs> 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 Right. Some wise folks. Right. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, most of us are retired, so we have the time. Slash tired. Yeah. And <laughs> right. And it was like, and we and we have the time. But I'm like, yeah, but when I look at the civil rights movement, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I was like, I was, and even the Black Panther Party, most of the party were teenagers in early 20s. They weren't in their 60s. Young college age, pre-college age. Even if you think of Martin Luther King, who died, I want to say mid to late 30s, right? Mm -hmm. And he was already out there for some years. So that shows you like, no, that's not an excuse. Oh, we don't have that much time. People have to work. People were working back then. People risk losing their jobs back then. It's like, how much are you willing to put on the line? Right. And yeah. And I think like you said, it's hurting people's pockets. Mm-hmm. If you want to really incite some change and make somebody angry and make somebody pay mm-hmm. attention, touch their pocketbook. Yeah. You know, we talk about, you know, Colin Kaepernick and we talk about the fact that if all black players were to just start their own mm-hmm. shit, you know, yeah. How many? How much money would then be in the pocket of the community? Simp that by that one act mm-hmm. alone. Um, and it makes me go back mm-hmm. to like the Negro leagues, um, mm-hmm. whether it was baseball or mm-hmm. other. And it makes me think of how much we don't want to segregate again, mm-hmm. but how much we. There should be ownership, more ownership, and something that we literally own. Yeah. If I own this much percentage of the number of people who show up to this game, mm-hmm. if I have a cause or something I want to say, mm-hmm. I should be allowed to say what I need to say. Right. And again, I think making an example of someone is a way to say, we don't care. Mm-hmm. And again, black people people of color, people Mm -hmm. that have been oppressed, Mm -hmm. we do think in terms of we. And it seems that if you make an example of one, you're saying that that is what all of you represent. Mm -hmm. Is being put in your place. Mm -hmm. Blackballed. Fired. Shut up. Shut down. Right. It is so infuriating to me. Yeah. And even touching on that, like, that fear. Um, especially working in charter schools mm-hmm. where most of them you have these at will contracts or not even just charter schools anywhere <laughs> where most people feel like I could be fired if I say something mm-hmm. so like you said fear of you touching my pockets but mm-hmm. um, I worked at a school <laughs> I don't want to put the name out but uh-huh. They let go of my principal like six weeks into the school year, right? Mm-hmm. They let her go on a Thursday. And we still showed up that Friday, mm-hmm. right? So even though some people, and like I said, this is how society has taught us. They taught us to like look at things in a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. The higher you're up, the more power you have, mm-hmm. you know? So... I know that to some people that instilled a lot of fear, like, oh, they can let go of the principal. Yeah. They can let go of me. You yeah. know, I'm just a parent yeah. or I'm, I'm just, just a custodial a worker. Yeah. yeah or I'm just a, te- a first year teacher. What right. means they wouldn't come after me? But how my mind works, I'm like, okay, they let go of the principal, but we all showed up that Friday. Mm-hmm. Nothing stopped. 
What if more than half your teachers and staff said, we ain't coming in tomorrow? It's not That school is not going to operate. What if more than half your kids, if not all your kids, don't show up to school? Mm-hmm. What do we have to do? That's who mm-hmm. we service. So it's just mm-hmm. teaching people power isn't in a position. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. in people. It's in numbers. But people got to let go of that fear and then even now in Baton Rouge when I'm talking to teachers and I'm like and I'm hearing their anger I'm like all right so let's organize an assembly with your school board member oh no we ain't trying to ruffle any feathers we we want to get fired I'm like that's one person right (laughs) there's more there's hundreds of y'all that are pissed off right like if you come united you have a united front that one person cannot do anything and just know like the work we do even if you do get fired you a teacher you're you gonna, gonna find something else like trust, trust and believe trust like i've known folks who've gotten yeah. fired and were hired less than a month so yeah it's just teaching people like why don't think you can't teach people how to let go of fear that's something they have to do as an individual but mm-hmm. i do feel like if we just break it down you know in those terms of like yeah. no like that's you can really stand up. <laughs> right, you can do something. I mean, um, I forgot the other player's name, but he basically, like, started... He he had his own shoe. Um, something mm-hmm. Bell had his own shoe. Mm-hmm. Rather than signing some kind of deal with a Nike oh, or signing man. some kind of deal, he just... I love that. He had his own. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at stuff like that, and I'm like, why is that so simple, but yet not done enough? Yeah. Why do you have to go and get someone else to co-sign right if you are the name you are the face mm-hmm. you, like that and yeah. I think that to me is the bigger reason things like that mm-hmm. even the music industry TV you know mm-hmm. it's a lot of white decision makers who decide the movies that come out the curriculum that is in the school mm-hmm. um, I think a lot really plays from the top down mm-hmm. and I think because such big names mm-hmm. settle for that stupid shit mm-hmm. is the reason why on the smaller scale when it's a school board mm-hmm. when it's a parent when it's like a kid that's shot it's like oh well you know y'all don't care enough so mm-hmm. you know whatever because look at so and so who's got all this money who could have opened whatever kind of business so that you can all have jobs right well look at how they live right and look what they're worrying about right so why would we worry about why would we worry about the rest Mm -hmm. and i I don't know i just i i think that there will come a time where where someone brave Mm -hmm. enough wise enough intelligent Mm -hmm. enough will come along who Mm -hmm. can from the top down organize something massive yeah. I really do feel like that it might be the only way that it will happen. Yeah. You know, not to discount the numerous people who do stuff without letting other people know. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of celebrities and stars and big names who do stuff you never hear about because mm. they don't want you to know. Right. But the fact that they don't want you to know mm. says a lot to me. Mm. The fact that they feel like they have something that they will lose mm. so they can't let people know says mm. a lot to me. Yeah. And that could be a reason, too. And some people are like, for integrity reasons, too. Like, I ain't trying to do this for, a, like, a snapshot. Like, I I'm feel really like gonna... at this point, yeah. you need it. 
We need it. I, I, I don't care about like yeah. you feeling like you're doing it for to look good. At this yeah. point, you look good. You've made your name. You yeah. have a career. You have success. I don't care about that. I'd rather you say, look, this is what I support uh-huh. despite my success. This is what I support despite the the, the white people mm. on my payroll. This is what I as an individual support. And mm. I'm okay with that. Right. You know what I, I mean? I understand no. the individual reasons, but yeah, I think I'm you. so annoyed <laughs> with secrecy. And I'm yeah. so annoyed with the fact that like we do not say or do things out loud. We don't love out loud. We don't care mm-hmm. out loud. We don't pay out loud. Yeah. We're just now getting to point with the equal pay situation where people are like saying what they get paid. So right. that women and men can compare. So that whites and people of color can compare. Because we keep it so secret, you never actually know. Mm-hmm. Like, I can go on. It gets on my nerves. <laughs> like, clearly, <laughs> no, you guys, you. this irks. It really irks me. Like, at what point is it just not okay to keep hiding the problems? <laughs> I feel you. But um, I want to touch on something. Because yeah. like you said, spark. So you said, like, we need to see somebody who's on that platform to, like, spark a change. Yeah, in people. I feel like it could help. And I can see that, too. But for me, what I feel like we need, and this gets back to what I was saying, one of my goals is to be a bridge. What we need is to get back of our ancient ways. Yeah. And that's listening to our elders. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like when I was a teacher, I was a bridge. Mm-hmm. What I presented to the youth was what my elders gave to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like that bridge in between what was passed on to me, I was passing on to them. It's yeah. because I value what my elders say. I like I love having conversations. As I said, no disrespect to the seasons, because <laughs> the yeah, the they they hold a large wealth of knowledge, and that's sure. how and that's how I learned a lot of things. I'm like, you know more about the struggle than any textbook mm-hmm. can teach me right now, because you lived that life, you witnessed it. But I really do feel like, and I've had these conversations, and it's just my opinion. Yeah. I feel like we had desegregation of schools, whatever mm-hmm. the hell that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've had integrated schools. I really feel like, and people have said this, that was like the worst thing that could have happened for black people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the because worst. Because it was integrated schools. It was not integrated yeah. curriculum. Exactly. So, so what, what does it matter right. where I am if I'm still not right. learning about myself? Right. So when you have these black children going to these schools where the curriculum, like you said, is not aligned to them culturally. Mm-hmm. And I I even felt that when I was in school, when you learning this Western and European culture right. that has nothing to do with you but you taught to look at it as something that's supreme right it's elite and that they help you have you, to, your yeah, people as slaves yeah you have to obtain if to I that to be school, considered right you have to master that to be smart so we put pressure on ourselves and like going back we put twice as much if not more work in to master their curriculum learn their knowledge to be even considered three-fifths of the human or smart as them Mm -hmm. 
And then we dismissed our culture. We stopped listening to our elders because, oh, grandma, you ain't go to college. You know what I'm saying? What what you had to teach me when you were just a maid or you were just this, mm-hmm. you can't get me to that Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't hold right. the same or weight. Grandma's not relevant anymore. Right, right. Because she's not, her knowledge isn't as, as elite. Right. <laughs> as the information that they're putting in these schools. So the youth at some point they started disconnecting themselves from the elders because yeah. they like they didn't value it as much. But I'm like, if you listen to them, they were the ones who got you your freedom. They were the ones who got you your rights right now. Those are the ones who you should be listening to because that textbook that's in front of you is been manipulated and twisted mm-hmm. and lies. When you got uh textbooks that are telling you that Africans were immigrants to uh, to America. You really gonna believe oh, that Lord. textbook over your grandmother or your grandfather? Like right. that I feel like that's what we need is to get back to like mm-hmm. praising our elders. You know what I'm saying? I they, agree. they were the most distinct people of our village. Yeah. You know and I think like and the reason I say, and I think that we can, I think we need both ends of the spectrum. I think we need the young and I think we need the old. Oh, yeah. And I think the reason why at this point, as of whatever month we're in, 2017, because modern technology and access to quick gratification mm-hmm. and, you know, celebrity and stardom and... um materialisticness or whatever mm-hmm. has such a grip and a hold on younger people like and I consider myself still young I'm not old by any means <laughs> I don't want people out there thinking that like I feel like I know everything and I've lived a thousand lives I assure you I'm enjoying being 28 I don't want to be any more than 28 and when I'm 29 <laughs> I'll be enjoying 29 like it's not like that but there's definitely a, ch- a difference between my 20 something mm-hmm. and those who are teenagers and below right now. And they are so obsessed with um, created worlds Mm -hmm. that the real world is not as a concern for them. Oh, yeah. And I think the reason I'm saying that we need someone who is a pretty picture to say the ugly truths Mm -hmm. is to to grab them. Now, us, Mm -hmm. I don't need that. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? To be ignited and fueled by something. Yeah. Like part of my reason for starting the podcast was to not just give a voice to female voices, but to give a voice to colorful voices. Mm-hmm. You know, voices that have something to say and something that we're working towards to show a picture of the stories that need to be told or mm-hmm. the stories and the things that we've learned so that we can pass that on to people our age, younger and yeah. older. But that's my 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 way of answering mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. that drive. Whereas the younger kids, I don't know if someone like me or someone like a grandmother, despite your passion and despite your love for them, mm-hmm. is going to get them ignited. As much as, I don't even want to say this out loud, but as much as like a baller, mm-hmm. as much as, not even Jay-Z, 444 was not for people younger than like 20. <laughs> One, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-five. So that, that's what I'm saying. That like, they're not going to respond even to a Jay Z in that way. Yeah. Now, the young black men that I know who are, let's say, twenty-five to thirty-five, 
they have a response to Jay-Z's album that has literally made them physically go out and do things. Mm -hmm. Whether it's get a job that they were really hoping to get or increase their portfolio financially mm-hmm. or um, or diversify, I should say, their portfolio or, you know, start looking into investing in properties mm-hmm. or looking into, um, I don't know, like their, you know, like being very honest and open about their yeah. rela- relationships with their significant other. Yeah. Like that has fueled something in them because they he speaks to them. Yeah. To get younger people to be spoken to, mm-hmm. I just feel like right now it can't come from a Dr. Martin Luther King. Nah. Now for us, sure. Yeah. I feel like it's our like our generation. That like <laughs> it's, it's more on us. Yeah, it's more on us. It's our time. Yeah. It is our time to step up because our elders, they did their part. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and if we're that angry about it, then damn it, we we're the ones it's that the need time to do change. Yeah, like of course I will always refer to my elders as long as they're living and even if they're not, I will always refer because that's my source of knowledge. But I'm like, okay, it's my responsibility now. Mm-hmm. It's my time. That's why, like I said, with the organi- organization that I work for, I'm like, oh, I'm glad y'all 70 and still kicking it. Y'all want to yeah. be in the streets grinding on this. Yeah. But the youth need to be out here too. Mm-hmm. They need to be watching y'all. They need to be learning because y'all not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. And they're, and then it's going to be their time at batting. And they're going to be like, oh, what the hell we do? Because I've been in, on my phone right. the whole damn time. Out. I've right. been retweeting. They, they I've been missed, on Snapchat. You know? movement. But I feel like if we know, because we not that far ahead of them. Like, no. <laughs> you know, and I tell my kids, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, damn like we kind of worlds apart but we really not Mm -hmm. like i was listening to the same music they were listening to i was watching the same things they Mm -hmm. were too so i'm not that far removed but i think it's a matter of like if we know what they like and we know what has their attention then we need to find a way to take control of that Mm -hmm. and that's how we wake them up that's why i love we have this new black renaissance in television right now and we gotta keep it going because that's Minus how we're canceling the Carmichael show. I, I know, man. Why you had to bring I that was up? Very disappointed, and I'm so sorry for anyone who really loves Marlon Wayans. Wayne I ain't watched it. Not that I don't like him. I do. I love their <laughs> movies, you know. But it's a different kind of comedy. Yeah. And I was very disappointed to see the Carmichael show go. That's all I'm gonna say. On that. Me too. Dang, why you had to bring that up? I'm sorry. Bro. Now I do love uh, some um, miss some Easter Ray. What? Um, I love started. her. I think now the only thing that I have to say is this second season or whatever this current <laughs> season is. I'm like, I have about two or three more episodes before I finish. Okay, I won't say that. The only thing that <laughs> I I have a, not an issue with, but I have a thing with is that one, I do appreciate that she shows different black women. Mm-hmm. But I think her being the main character in some of the stuff she does, mm-hmm. I'm just like, girl... You're really doing the most right now. <laughs> However, I appreciate your honesty. And I appreciate the fact that it's not just you. And that you yeah. are representing other women through the other characters. Yeah. Because if it was just her mm-hmm. and some of the stuff she does without the other women in, in, <laughs> the, in the conversation. Yeah. I would be like, you're doing the absolute most. And I can't watch this right now. Yeah. But because it is a full. Right. I love the best friend character. Um, Molly. 
I love her character. I truly love her character. Amanda Stowe's character is cute. You know, she real cute. And the other friend, um, yeah, she's just like that goofy, hilarious homegirl, you know. But, yeah. What I appreciate about about the show is that it is real Mm -hmm. and it shows us being flawed. Mm -hmm. Because we are, especially as black women. Man, listen. (laughs) Man. Help listen, okay? This journey to womanhood, it is complex as hell. That's why Mm -hmm. I love Insecure. I love a seat at the table. Uh I love Lemonade because it it, it talks about the complexities of being a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like, it ain't picture perfect. Like, you look at Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. You know, what is Maya Angelou known for? Her poetry. Her poetry, right? right? Being a phenomenal woman, right? Mm -hmm. People don't bring her. She was a sex worker. She was a stripper. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a lot of... Billie Holiday. A lot of these women were strung out on drugs. They were strippers. Mm -hmm. Like, they were sex workers. Maya Angelou had a kid at a wedlock at 16. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about that. We talk about... We lift up that. Yeah. The polished version of Maya. Queen Maya. You know? But we don't talk about her story. And that's why I do appreciate... Um, Issa Petrana, because I'm like, should you write? Like, I know if I were to really tell people the things I've done behind <laughs> closed doors, it's like, ooh, clutching my pearls. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, yeah. You know, and I get real and I talk to people, and I'm like, yo, I was insecure for a very long time. And it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, when I tell them the specific times where I was suffering with insecurities, it was like, what like yeah. I, I I didn't detect that I'm like why because I was president of this or yeah. I had straight A's you ain't think I was dealing right. with insecurities you don't think I was crying or dealing with depression and all that stuff mm-hmm. so I I like it but yeah. I get what you're saying but I think it goes back to like I said the black renaissance in television yeah. there needs to be diversity I'm not saying yeah. all shows need to show flawed black people yeah no I just <laughs> like if we had more, like like you said, we used to have so much diversity. Like we had um, Steve Harvey had his show. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name? The other black, like it was a bunch of black comedians that had family shows. Yeah. So like it showed you that picture. Then yes. you had like um, Moesha, and you had oh, I had the Brandy all doll. That. And you like you were on we were on networks. You know, it wasn't just like oh like black people on BET. No, right. we were on. Disney Channel, and we were yep. on ABC, and we were on NBC, and we were on Fox. Like, we mm-hmm. were... The WB used to be the... Sh- you know what? You know, so that's what I picture in my mind, is, like, going back to that time. Like, I, yeah. I adore this honesty, and I love, like, the HBO, and I love, like, um, the fact that they're at least giving us that yeah. platform where yeah. a lot of other networks have shut that down. Pretty like, much. The fact that you cancel Carmichael's show to replace it with something that's very corny, to <laughs> me it's just like, okay, that tells me that I'm not going to be looking forward to much. Then right. I'm Blackish on a- a- ABC. Thank God that there's that. Right. But like, the only reason why Blackish is so hot is because there's hardly anything else to watch for Black people. Exactly. So like, yeah, of course we're gonna extremely celebrate it because it's all we've got. Right. Empire and power. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like fuck with empire. That's what I'm saying. Like, give me something that I want to watch. I know. And like, people will talk bad about Tyler Perry stuff, and I understand why. But I also think that the fact that this man is creating jobs, 
you know, and yeah. it's, it's, he's got mixed audience that love his characters. Yeah. It's not just like black people that like his characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, has his own network. I mean, his own um, studio. Like, it says a lot. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. But I want to get back on you, like individually. <laughs> what what was it that caused you think you going like having those insecurities that you had mm-hmm. to going through it and getting out of it uh, and like. Not getting out of it as if you're not human anymore. Yeah. But just getting over, like, whatever was really bringing you down. I wouldn't even say I'm completely out of it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still on that journey. But, um, many things. <laughs> um, I would say, because I always had a love for Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the reason why I started writing yeah. poetry. Um, and when I learned about her story of, like I said, being a sex worker and a teenage yeah. mom and even Oprah, like I'm mad, mad yeah. love for Oprah and learning about, you know, her dark stories. And I'm like, oh, so I don't have to be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay if I have imperfections. But I would say, like, when you hit rock bottom, you you have two choices. Either you're going to stay there. Mm-hmm. Or you go get out of it. I'm like, man, this can't be life. Like, <laughs> this can't be. This life. can't be life. Like, it was literally exhausting wearing a mask every day, mm-hmm. and it was like that for a long time. Even when I was at our school, like mm-hmm. there were days I was laughing and joking with y'all, but I was going home crying. Mm-hmm. I would be in my house all weekend, depressed and stuff. Like, it took a minute to come out of that, mm-hmm. but it was just. What if you don't mind sharing? You do not have to. Mm. But what caused you to feel depressed? Uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Mm. I would just say things I went through growing up, mm-hmm. and it just felt like it just started crashing down. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I was younger, like, ooh, you know, when I turn 18 and go to college, like, whoo, I'm free. Yeah, like, I'm free and all is going to go away. Uh And you realize, like, your location, it don't make a difference. How Uh much education, it don't make a difference. Like, Uh it's something that's very internal. And then I've learned, like, as black women especially, we carry so many burdens mm-hmm. and it's not even our own it's like right. everybody's oh my god that says so much <laughs> people isn't that so true <laughs> like we it's not an, I, I, okay i'm i do not want to stop you but, but i you just did. have to say that it is not always our burdens that we are carrying yes. people be swearing that black women are so upset and sad and depressed mm-hmm. over our own issues sometimes we are taking on other yeah we see what's going on with someone else or someone close and we to take us it on and we take it on and that's all i'm gonna say yeah all make right. it our own and especially i'm a cancer so uh-huh. you know and i'm a female i'm a black female <laughs> cancer so it's not even about being like emotional it's that caretaker yeah. i want to make sure everyone's good and then like i said especially being a black 
woman. I feel mm-hmm. like we naturally take on that role. We think yeah. it's our job. If you feel some type of way, oh, I feel some type yeah. of way. Like, and now I'm relieving you of your stress. You don't have to worry about that. Let me worry about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, let me worry you about know? it and just be sad about it later yeah. on. And I tell you. Right. <laughs> and I realized when I just started, I reflect a lot. I journal. You know, I write. So yeah. I realized a lot of things that I was in pain about and I was angry about. It was because of what I witnessed and observed yeah. from other people. I'm like, oh, that ain't my shit. So right, it's right. not that I don't care, right. but I've learned to like not let it weigh right. me down. That's you your know? boundary. Yeah. Like we all have to do it. I'm telling you, it can come off as whatever it needs to come off as. Yeah. But when you need to set that boundary, you set it because there will be no you left. Oh, yeah. You cannot give it all away. You yeah. cannot give it all away and think that there will be something for you. And don't feel you bad about it. Empty. <laughs> and don't feel bad about it. Do not feel bad. And if about you it. have to even say it out loud and let people know, listen, mm-hmm. I cannot do XYZ for you anymore. Mm-hmm. I cannot listen to you XYZ for you. Or even if I can, it will wait. Yeah. Like, let me take care yeah, of this. It can wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, that's stuff that's. that's trauma yeah. that's in all of us you know what I'm saying and uh-huh. that that didn't come from the ancient times that came yeah. from when we came here right. you know when we were forced to take care of our master's children mm-hmm. you know breastfeed our master's children over our own right. you know that's something we carry in our spirits of taking on everybody else's burdens before ourselves yeah. it's our job let me think about you first and then i'll right. worry let me about take care me of y'all yeah. and then i'll get to and Oh, man. And I will say this, and I don't know if this is everyone's experience. or um, I know it's not everyone's experience, but I'm not. I'm saying this for myself. I know mm. that watching my own mom work and mm. do so many things where even as a kid, I was like, why does she just say no? As a kid. Oh, yeah. And you pick up on someone else's exhaustion until yep. they, you know, it's like it's until they snap. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, mom's mad today. No, mom's <laughs> been mad. Yeah. You know, mom's been tired. She just had a breaking she, point. <laughs> yeah. Mom's had a lot on her plate. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got, you know, my own situation as a y- young adult, because I don't like the word adult. It sounds so depressing. But <laughs> as a young adult, like, that I started to realize, oh, that makes sense. Like, I understand why she felt this way that way. And I vocalize it. So that in my own relationship and in my own, um, with my relationship with myself, mm. I'm very clear. Yeah. Like, I'm going to let you know right now that I'm not doing XYZ today. <laughs> and I just wanted you to know that. I don't need your opinion about it. Right. I don't need you to offer any advice. I'm just right. letting you know I'm not doing those things. Yeah. Because it will burden me and I don't want to be burdened today. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and it has not been an issue. And it's I think good. that's Okay. Tell me this. When are we going to read some of this poetry? Ah. Are you self-publishing? Are you going to find a publisher? Are you ever going to share them? I am going to share it. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's all about timing. Okay. I will one day. I don't know when. Only yeah. God knows. When, when, it, when you know it. Yeah. yeah, when it's time. But yeah, I'm writing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you doing any work with youth anymore? I know like... You're working with seasoned citizens, but... Yeah. Um, so, right now, I'm actually working with... I'm getting ready to start working with um, McKinley High nice. in Baton Rouge, which is 
one of, if not the most historical um, institution, African American institution in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Did not know this until I moved there. Um, Educate me. The bus boycott. Uh-huh. Where do you think it began? Uh, Where well, I, I know that was in Baton Rouge, but I didn't uh, yeah, know I didn't that. Know that. Was, <laughs> I didn't know like McKinley. I didn't know McKinley was that old. So, yeah, like, McKinley popped that off. So a lot of us think oh. the bus boycott was started in Montgomery. Right, no. And they were like, oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that right started here, right here. here baby. Well, maybe the Louisianians know that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm from Florida, so <laughs> we take the general <laughs> black history information. But I didn't know that. But that um, institution popped yeah. that off back then. And then that was the only high school in that area where African Americans could attend. I think mm. the first four african-americans graduated from that school Uh in the state of louisiana so i'm working with them um on a few projects i've talked to two teachers that do like civic classes nice and i basically want to like do organizing workshops with them and like because they're already learning how to research stuff so i want to give them the issue that we're working on right now and help them research around that teach them some organizing skills like i said i'm really big on keeping the youth involved and i want to make sure i stay involved with the youth because i miss my babies yeah (laughs) I miss my kids. Would you go back to teaching. <laughs> Woo! Uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I do want to be. I feel like I'm an educator now. Yeah. But I do want to go back. I should say to the classroom. Not middle school. Okay. Um, it's whatever God wants me to do. I can say what I want all yeah. day, <laughs> and God be like, uh huh, sure. Yeah, that's you. Like that's I remember, nice. I said, I'd never be a teacher. Okay. I know I'd never be a teacher. And then, I'm okay with right. I'm never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever going to be a teacher. I remember. That's the new. I remember when I applied for Teach for So, uh, Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. Um, I really loved teaching middle school. It was hard. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But <laughs> honestly, this may be cliche, but they really help me become a better person mm-hmm. they help me grow kids help me grow up right she's <laughs> rolling her eyes like, yeah i was like they, kids like, of all people yeah i was like kids that's why you know as controversial as paul mooney is he said uh-huh. this sick joke don't listen to the latter of the joke <laughs> but the first half of the joke he said listen to the youth and the elders and there's power in that like yeah yeah sure. so i would listen to them I'm like damn you're right I need to do better. Yeah. yeah you right. Because I realized I had girls looking up to me. I had boys looking at me. I ain't looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, middle school. I know. Middle yeah. school is that weird yeah. age. Like, oh, it's so awkward. Y'all are strange. But I had, I had a responsibility, though, to be an image for them. Both yeah. girls and boys. Because they need to see what a strong black woman looks like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A positive female ain't. And this is no shade to the strippers, but it ain't like, yeah. Cause you know, and my, my body type ain't no secret <laughs> how, how I'm shaped. But I'm like, just cause we shake all, we shake right. like this don't mean we all gotta shake our asses <laughs> and be scribblers. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, right. See me in this light. Yeah, <laughs> this is my light. I shine my light this way. Yeah, not that way. This right. way. 
But shout out to Cardi B though, like I know, right? You, you know, like that is the come up story of yeah. if there ever was one. <laughs> right? She is literally the epitome of the come up. That's it. No shame to the strippers. I'm just saying we all ain't strippers. Though. No, y'all ain't strippers. No. I have a question. Do you think Cardi B is gonna last past Co- Bodak Yellow? I'm going to keep it 100. I have yet to listen to Bodak Yellow. It's not that I'm hating on her. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Uh, like, I have to brace my spirit. Oh, like, I got to brace my spirit for it. Um, Go ahead and brace real quick. I really, I think she can. I think uh-huh. she has talent. I really do. Speaking of, she popped up on. Uh, I watched her interview. On the Breakfast Club yeah. interview, how, how was it? I didn't watch it. She's a character, um, but she's apparently nominated for nine BET Hip Hop Awards, which is she's tied with my brother Kendrick, okay, Cardi, <laughs> like, okay, and DJ Kelly. So I mean, I'm not hating. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm putting in that work. But um, do you think she's gonna make it to the Grammy level? Not that it's better than BET's. Just asking. Uh, Do you think she'd be considered for a Grammy? Possibly. If she continues to grind the way that she has been grinding mm-hmm. and makes very smart and strategic moves, because mm-hmm. her hustle is undeniable. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I, have a, I cannot. Like, these Mona Scott um, protégés or whatever, or. Um, <laughs> I can't even put her in that same category. Like, I feel like she's smarter than a lot of Mona Scott Young's protégés, to be honest. Yeah. I think she's a step above them. But um, mm-hmm. She's definitely on her grind. Like, I, yeah. I'm going to do this to her right now, y'all. So, brace brace yourself. Oh, I'm not about spirit. to play this whole song. I can assure you that much is not about to happen. Hey, let me get my I can't take it. But I do. I just, I'm curious how she is going to respond to this. <laughs> I, let's okay. see, y'all. Let's see. Now, I was surprised that the video wasn't like complete shit. Yeah, she's it wasn't, seeing it dudes wasn't and leopards. It wasn't that bad. Remember her disclaimer on this one. With <laughs> the content. was the video budget though i'm saying right now she in dubai now she may have been saving for some years i don't know or it could be you know how stuff works in this like the videographer knows who's hot right now i don't know how this works all right okay you had enough yeah torture right um she got talent. It's not it's 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 not my go to song, but you yeah. know. Yeah. I ain't hating on it. Now you in Baton Rouge right now, so what you listening to? Is Boosie or Rebby on your playlist? <laughs> what are you listening to? Cause you surely listening to Cardi B. Uh, nah, but I, I got to? respect for Cardi as well. I did too. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. Honestly, you know, I keep it like okay. <laughs> I don't want to seem like a stereotypical, but F it. I I mean, I listen to Kendrick, of course. Yeah. Heavy on rotation. Yes. 
Jay-Z, of course. And yes, I was a fan before 444. <laughs> all y'all little bandwagon fans. I'm going to need y'all to listen to about four albums before yeah. you start quoting story of OJ. <laughs> like, until you can run me that whole Yo, public story service of announcement. Story amazing. The video was amazing. Okay, uh, what else? What else? Okay, about? so definitely Kendrick, um, Jay-Z, Solange. Um, oh I was God. listening to Joey Badass album on my way over here. That's mm-hmm. uh, Logic is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Erica Badu. Yeah. Jill. The classic. Classics. You know, keep me grounded. Yeah, uh, I mean, but I'm I'm very diverse. Yeah, I, I love my Migos. Yeah, do not get it twisted. Yeah, I, bumped I love um, what's that song they have? I forgot. It's gonna come to me. What about what? Are, are you reading anything interesting right now? What am I reading right now? Uh, I'm trying to read like multiple books. It's so hard for me. You know, um, let's see. All right two books this summer mm-hmm. um, one of them is called Naked mm-hmm. and it's like about their insecurities and mm-hmm. all this different stuff uh, I read Issa Rae's book you're laughing is it is it funny is it, it is she's funny but like the thing she mentions I'm like damn I went through that too but the way she presents it is hilarious uh huh um am I reading right now I'm gonna have to post that I have a um and for everyone who is listening to on the mm-hmm. website I am posting the books that different um guests have either read or they talked about on the show yeah. so that you can easily just go scroll through and and find some that might speak to you so mm-hmm. uh, I'll definitely add on to that list as the show goes on um you know as we have more episodes and stuff so i'll add some of these books i definitely have to add easter eggs like it's so hard for me to read because (laughs) i like to read and like have complete and total peace and just like in my room chilling reading and because i don't always have that time anymore i don't even like starting books unless i really (laughs) am going to dedicate time every day to read like at least a chapter or something because Right. It just drives me nuts to have a book unread for months. Like, see, that's me. That drives I, me I have insane. a few books that I started, like, <laughs> and have not finished. You making me like, dang. Um, no, it's just. I need to go home and pick up a book. It drives me. It drives me insane. And I keep saying, like, I'm a read. Yeah. No, I just finished um, Dow of Pooh, which was a cute little. I heard you talking about Spiritual S book. Um,. And it was small, which is why I was like, okay, I have time for that one. But um, I'm going to have to check him out. But uh, Story of OJ, I just like that he presented these visuals. Man, listen, I thought I was going to like, I have heart population. That's what you said <laughs> when I first watched this. I was texting my best friend, Ayana. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. It was amazing. It's amazing. And you just make it like my heart just started pounding just right? as soon as it started. Honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, this isn't real. He didn't really do this. It's this is real. somebody else, you know, interpreting yes. what he did. And they just made it. 
And then as I watched it, I was like, no, bro, like this definitely says Jay Z's name. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe he did it, but he did it. Like it just is amazing. And I mean, like to see men's response was exciting. Yeah, I was like, man, like it really speaks to them, and they're getting the message. Like it's so creative. It's so captivating. Like I can sit here and watch this over and over. I know, right? <laughs> See, I can't. My spirit, like my heart. <laughs> like, what does this do? Like, does this like make you want to go organize right now? It just, it, it gives me so excitement. I'm just like, oh my god. Just like Kendrick Lamar's performances, I have to ration those. I can't. <laughs> to ration. Them. I do. Like, I can't just watch them back to back. Like his Grammy performance. Uh, okay, listen. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even like watch that. Yeah. That that's like <laughs> I have to really like, okay, is my heart okay? Okay. Is my, my heart okay? My heart is okay. I can watch it, but I, I can count those. on my hand how many times I watched a Kendrick that's perform. So funny. I much. like that people are talking. like I love that musicians and artists are talking. I mean, at least the ones that have this clap. I'm still waiting for Kanye to come back. Do you think he's gonna come back? <sighs> Jesus, are yeah. I don't lose. You keep. You just like oh, first the Carmichael <laughs> show, and now you bringing up Yeezy. Listen, like, I am a okay, fan of him as an artist. Him as a person, I understand losing your mom is like a, a commandless, very traumatic thing. You're in a. I don't think that he does not love his life, but I don't think he loves his life. He's disconnected. Yeah. Um, I would say, as far as I'm coming back, I'm hurt. <laughs> well, most of the um, well, hurt. well, and I think I passed the hurt phase. Just I was in for him. I was in denial for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I, def- I feel like I defended Kanye for a long time, and then it got to a point where I was like, "Fuck it, like unforgivable." <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, even when he, like first with Kim, oh my god, <laughs> whoo, Jesus, I was highly upset, and I'll never forget. Um, one of my roommates back in college when we found when she found out Kim K was pregnant, she texted me because oh she God. already knew when I saw I was gonna go ape shit because <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It's not even about Kim K. What hurts me is that everything he spoke about and against in his music uh-huh. prior to his last St. Pablo. Mm-hmm. I'll even say prior to Yeezus. I would say from the dropout in Dark Fantasy, but definitely from dropout and graduation, those three albums right there. Everything he spoke against is like, what the fuck? Like, you're perpetuating <laughs> you that same behavior. What like, are you doing? I would at damn, least- what was that line where he said about Trump? If he could at least, let's see if we can find it. If he could at least be more honest with himself. Like, that is what I don't understand. Like, be more honest with yourself 
And if you're so loud and outspoken about everybody else's stuff, be as loud and outspoken yeah. about your own. Yeah. And just admit, like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel, feel like, like until he's able to admit yeah. that I've just made my decisions based on X, Y, Z. Mm. However, I don't even know what the however would be. I just... I don't know. I do feel like... He was it this one on the on him meeting Trump? No, that that's what made me mad uh, when he met Trump. There's a line I forget the song, but he was talking shit about Trump, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Bruh, how you walking out of his, the Trump Towers with this man? Like five years ago, you was speaking real shit, and now you just out here cooning. And yeah, I said it. Like you out here cooning. Check this out. These issues, okay, this is Kanye's tweet. These issues that he's talking about why he wanted to go talk to Trump. Talk about these things. Yeah. Bullying, supporting teachers, modernizing curriculums, <laughs> and really, you're gonna do that to me right now? <laughs> issues included bullying, supporting teachers, modernizing curriculums, and violence in Chicago. Did he really think that this conversation was gonna lead to change? Okay. Or something? And I don't want to say that he just was like wrong in meeting him. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know if that was the move to make okay. at that time. This what it was. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was it? I, I, I'm like, bruh. Cause this shows you how much I blocked Kanye out of my memory. I used to spit a Kanye line and know the song and everything. So appalled from his Dark Fantasy album. He said, I'm so appalled. Spalding ball. Bald in Donald Trump taking dollars from y'all. Like, I'm just leaving it right there. Like, you speaking about this nigga, like, taking money. Okay? Like, him being a corrupt man. And you sitting up here cheesing and flicking it up with Donald Trump. But I will say this. I do feel like... Yeah, the picture wasn't necessary. If you're going to go there to converse, go to converse and leave. I don't think that... And it's the same thing with, uh, who else my man? Was it Steve? Like, I'm really conflicted, y'all, because I understand wanting to talk to someone, but I don't think that that's one who they needed to talk to. Like, I don't think that talk, talking okay, to him okay, is okay. the talk, talk to him to do what? And talk to us. And me and my and friend. And organize us. To yes. talk to Congress and things like Thank that. You. And Thank you. Don't talk to him like as if that is going to do anything. Like yeah. that's what I'm conflicted with. And that's the point I was going to touch on. Yeah. Me and my friend. <laughs> I can't wait to send this link. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to share. They're going to know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking to. We were talking about uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're not the only person that said this, but a few people have said Obama put black people to sleep. All right. Mm-hmm. I get the context in which they're saying that. I'm like, I don't agree because I feel like a lot of people have this misconception of like the president is in control of everything. Right. Like, and oh, Donald Trump had that misconception. Yeah, yeah. and like, if I go to him, this is gonna change things. So I was like, what is talk? Like you said, it ain't about talking to Donald Trump. It's talking to the people. It's organizing right. people. And even like when people want to argue like, oh, we don't elect the president, the electoral college do. Okay, well, you elect the officials who put those right. officials in the electoral college. Right. So right. it's just teaching people, one, you need to learn how to work from the ground. 
get involved in your local elections. Mm-hmm. Obama wasn't gonna do shit. Oh, sorry, my dad. Obama wasn't gonna do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, not nothing, but he can't directly impact your right. city. But your mayor can, right. your city council can, your sheriff office can, right. your school board can, but people aren't taught that. You right. think, oh, the president... You go straight to the top. Yeah, that's why people like, you know, Steve Harvey and all of them going to the Trump Towers. I'm like, that same energy you put into setting up the meeting, going to talk to him for however long, you could have organized people exactly. at your studio where you have a show. Right. You know, and talk to people about, well, what are the issues? And And what are we going to do about them? Al Sharpton said this in an interview with The Breakfast Club Mm -hmm. because Charlamagne asked him, did we miss our chance with Obama? Basically, Mm -hmm. um, he was saying, like, when we had an opportunity to really fix the issues that we wanted to address, did we miss that by not Mm -hmm. having them addressed? And Al Sharpton was like, yeah, like, we didn't bring the issues to Obama. We brought awareness of the issues, Mm -hmm. but we really didn't act upon like, okay, here are our issues and here are our demands or Mm -hmm. here is our suggestions for a solution. Here's the plan that we want to see. Yeah, and, and that's what I teach people. Like, it ain't about like, great, you're mad. You need to be angry to like keep you charged up, but you need a plan for one and you need to offer a solution. So when you go to them, like, like I said, it gets back to being political, having that conversation of like negotiation yeah. and then reaching a compromise. But a lot of people just, they so caught up in you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. Now make this right or make right. it how I want to make it. But not actually presenting. Yeah. And I'm like, Martian ain't enough. That, that, I'm all that does it. is bring awareness to I issues. Mean, my thing is this, the issues that we say we're bringing awareness to are the same issues that have we have been aware of. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we're not making nobody aware of nothing mm-hmm. new. And I don't feel like anything new is about to pop up out of nowhere. Right. So at this point, I think that energy, like you said, can go into an actual plan. Yeah. And I don't want to say that in a very, like, it's going to be easy kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, so now we're just going to put together a plan mm-hmm. and go present it. And then someone's going to have mm-hmm. our back and it's going right. to happen. But I do think that more energy can be put into that than just trying to appease people's feelings with a demonstration. Right. Um, and I think, I think it can happen. I definitely agree that I don't know what people think the president's role would have been. Mm-hmm. Without us doing more about it on our on our own, yeah. Even whether it's Obama or any other president, but specifically with Obama, did you see Kid Rock's recent um, little camp? I don't know. Think it was a campaign. I don't what think he, he was. I don't think he was saying that he was running um, for president. Yes, ma'am. He he. Um, oh my I'm gosh. gonna pull this up because he was definitely Kid Rock about it. It was rock star everything. Oh. And I wonder if the people who voted for Trump would vote for him or what. Because this one a year ago, he supported Donald Trump. And the one that I saw recently, I'm going to have to find the audio. He basically was like, 
um, screw racist and we don't mm. need that in America and this that. And I'm like, are you trying to say that so you can run <laughs> at some point? Like, I, I really want another person of color in the running for president. And I want people of color to continue to run and run and run and run. I don't care how qualified you are or not at this point. Mm. I want you to run. <laughs> I want you to make some people upset. <laughs> I'm so serious. I just oh want you God. to run. I just want you. I don't care if you want. I don't care. I don't care. At this point, Donald Trump has been president. So that that whole experience thing has been shot. Yeah. And I'm concerned that politics is only going to become a rock show. Like it's it gonna, is. It's only going to be... A celebrity thing now, I which mean, is kind of gross, but that's that's where I see this going. I'm gonna find it. It was recent too. This like I just saw this yesterday. I want to say it was on like Trevor Noah, and he had a clip of him um, denouncing racism and things like that. But I'm like, dog, you do realize that those same people who voted for Trump will be those same people who would be voting for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that out. There. <laughs> So I'm just saying, I want a person of color to to run. I'm Would you just, ever run for public office? Hell. <laughs> I, like I, I know myself would like, not. No, I would not. It's, but I I wonder if you feel that spirit upon your soul. No. I mean, <laughs> like I I've learned to not say what I would never do because uh-huh. God is a comedian, <laughs> and yeah, people have asked me or told me. Is something I should consider. I'm more concerned with teaching people how to govern themselves mm-hmm. than follow a politician. I'm not saying we don't need politicians. I do believe in checks and balances, but I believe more in people governing themselves um, and people realizing that power is with them and not a position. So. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like I'll be contradicting myself if I run for office and mm-hmm. I'm telling people, politic for yourself. <laughs> hey, I mean, I don't know if politics will change, but, yeah, but I feel like if politics did change, it would be a great forum for you. But I don't know if politics uh, will change enough. I mean, I just spoke to, um, um, I'm not going to, well, everyone else can go listen, but in episode three. And he's, um, on the school board and he even talked about like just the whole you know people don't want to give up power easily oh, yeah. and so the political landscape whether you're in a city that's major- majority black or white the political landscape is is a definitely a mm-hmm. right wrong win lose mm-hmm. and that compromising that I think women in general bring to the table we're not really we're not really the ones who really end up making those final decisions mm-hmm. I would love to see a woman president one day. I would yeah. love to see... Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like a female energy might be the one energy that changes this whole shit show that's happening right now. If we have black female Can you imagine? Real black female leadership, it would change the entire world. <laughs> it would change the game. And I'm not just saying like You're a, brilliant. Not just a black female president, but we had I, when I say real black women, real alpha females. Mm-hmm. You know, who understand what it means to be an alpha female. Like I think I forgot her name, but that interview I sent you. Oh she yeah, Ebony t- Williams. Yeah, she touches on it a little bit and 
this whole idea of like there can only be one and that's why I'm like no we don't need if we gonna have a black female president we need black female senators we need black supreme court justices we need the legislators we need the mayors we need the superintendent like have us all up and through that yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah like you like you know back to what you were saying earlier it cannot just be one Mm -hmm. it cannot just be one period but look let me see Mm, I want to get his quote right. This is Kid Rock. Yes. <laughs> well, it God. says he knocked deadbeat dads and single mothers. <laughs> At the same time, however, denouncing white supremacy, <laughs> shared his views on gay marriage and drove a quote unquote. This is what I'm reading in the Rolling Stone article. Drove a spike into transgender rights, quoting, Why these days is everything so gay? He asked, drawing out the words, I say let gay folks get married if they want. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It goes well, on. Um, whatever well put his name on whatever you yeah. have between your legs should determine... He added mentioning that people don't get to choose. So whatever you have between your legs should determine the bathroom that you use. I'm so confused by what he likes and what he doesn't like. Um, Saying, I shouted, I love black people. (laughs) And I love white people too. But neither as much as I love red, white, and blue. I'm so confused. I just don't want him to run for anything. Because I, I am afraid the people who voted for our current president would vote for him. However, if... A person of color, and, and I say that, I'm not just talking black person, I'm just saying a person of color with some common sense, with some some idea of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I can say that thing. I don't know. I'm I'm just distraught. Congress sucks. Um the Democratic Party right now, I'm just concerned. I don't know, like these are people that's supposed to know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna watch and I'm gonna listen. I feel like if more people were educated in civics, that's what's gonna make the difference. That's why. So I, should civics happen earlier than high school? Because I didn't have oh, civics in high school. I mean, hell yeah! But even if it's not happening, that's why I, I have mad love mm-hmm. and admiration for the Black Panther Party. Yeah, because. That's what they taught. And I even think Mariama quoted that. She said, all power to the people. Mm Because it's the people's power. Mm -hmm. And they were really big on the people governing themselves. Mm -hmm. But Huey Newton, he made it a thing. Like, you don't know these Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't run them things off. You must know your laws. You Mm -hmm. must understand the laws of the Constitution of this land. In order, like, you have to be able to interpret these laws in order mm-hmm. to challenge them and figure out mm-hmm. a resolution for the laws that you find are unjust mm-hmm. or you know and like I said one it's a bunch of bullshit anyway because the constitution was written <laughs> when black folks they were not right were institutionalized we weren't even included you know, our Native American brothers and sisters damn sure weren't included in that. Right. So I feel like we need to dismantle all that shit mm-hmm. and start over because that constitution doesn't refer to the American people now. Right. Things have dramatically changed. So I feel like 
Let's not put energy in entertaining Trump and whoever wants to run for president. Let's like, put that energy into educating ourselves. Educating ourselves, mm-hmm. governing for ourselves, organizing people and money for ourselves. Put money in your neighborhood mm-hmm. and your businesses. There's plenty of black owned and local businesses right in your community, but how many of y'all go outside your community right. and go to the mall? Mm-hmm. Go to these major corporations. You go to these chain restaurants. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? When you got yeah. local businesses right there suffering because mm-hmm. you're choosing to put your money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Learn about Black Wall Street. How did that happen? And mm-hmm. why it, was it such a threat that it was burned down? Mm-hmm. You know, so. <laughs> She's like, so go read you the book. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> so on that note, I pulled up some Huey Newton books. Cause like I said, I am going to add all of these to the website. Yeah. Um, as I talk to people, um, I think it's important that you see a mix of things that people are reading. Um, not to say that everything is going to be black power. So I do want to put out. <laughs> Like, please go check out the site. And I do tell people, email me. If there are certain books that you are reading, I'll post them. Like, let me know what you're, I want to know what you're reading. Um, because I have a list of books that I'm trying to catch up on. I just haven't gotten to. But anyway, um, so one of those books by Huey Newton is To Die for the People. Um, and then I also pulled up this great book. This is, um, The Price of Black Power in America, The Shadow of the Panther. Um, it's, I don't know if this was written on Huey Newton, like about him, cause it's not written by him. Mm. Um, so I'm just kind of looking those things up and as I find the right ones, I'm going to put them on the site, but mm. I totally agree. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I want to keep the Huey, what is this? The Huey P. Newton reader. Looks like I'm going to need to add that. There's a bunch of them, but sometimes there are different books by different authors on that person. And I just want to post the ones that he wrote himself. Even Fred Hampton. Yes. (laughs) Because there's so many, and I know Miss... Wait, did I write... Spell that right? The last name? You're on blind. Is this it? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So we're going to add some of that so we can educate ourselves, um, at least have a little reading list for ourselves because mm-hmm. podcasts are not going to be enough um, <laughs> and reading is fundamental. <laughs> Definitely. So what's next for you, ma'am? Only God knows. Here you go. He's revolutionary. No, I am so serious. Like, yeah. only God knows. What is your mantra? Do you have a mantra? Do you have something that keeps you going? Um, I have a few, but in relation to that, like, just trusting God, Mm -hmm. like, it's already been written. That's one that I use. Mm -hmm. Just know that, like, that's why I don't concentrate on planning so far ahead. Yeah, me either. I can't do it. What's the point? Yeah, and like I said, you know how many times... If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you I'm in a PhD program mm-hmm. um, in social psychology at Howard University. I was so stuck on being in D.C. <laughs> yeah. and going to Howard. I would have never thought I would have been in Baton Rouge right now being a community organizer. So I've learned yeah. that whole, what's your five-year plan? Bump that. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah. I don't think that planning that far out is even... 
I think having a vision is important because I believe in yeah. Me, I believe in like envisioning your life and all of that is great. Yeah. But to say that you're only stuck on those things happening, yeah. you're, nah. I just think you you box yourself in. You might have some bigger, better, awesome yeah. plan that just. You just got to walk into it. Pretty you much. can't walk into it if you're so focused looking somewhere else. Right. And you miss out on the present moment. Yeah. Because what you're learning now is going to prepare you for the future. So if yeah. you're constantly like looking ahead and you're not focused on what's going on, when you get to that right. next step, you're going to be like, damn, what am I supposed to do? Right. Because <laughs> you weren't paying attention you weren't at in the moment. moment. Yeah, you weren't in the moment. You weren't paying attention. So it's just like... Yeah, just know it's already been written. Just trust. Yeah.